And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. We will be back Saturday, 3 o'clock, Holy Grail at the Banks. Watch party as the Bearcats go on the road to take on TCU. Uh, Join myself and Keegan. We will both be there in the flesh as Cincinnati tries to get uh, get another road win in the Big 12 Conference. Should be, uh, should be a good one. Saturday afternoon in Dallas, Bearcats at TCU, 3 o'clock. We will be at the Holy Grail. You guys were out in full force last Saturday as the Bearcats took on UCF. It would be great to see you all again this weekend. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you doing? Doing great. How was uh you were at the game last night? I was. How did uh how did Will like basketball games? Well, he, he likes it a lot. He was uh dancing around and was was very in very into it. So we had we had a very good time. It's good. It's 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 it. Delightful to see Kelsey. Kelsey was upset that you didn't get there early enough. She wanted to see Will. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it it happens. Couldn't uh, didn't didn't get out of the house quickly. No, we we did. Just take you know, it. Just takes a little bit of time to get there, and then when you're walking with a four year old, you know, it's not the quickest walk. <laughs> oh, squirrel to the game. So there actually was a squirrel that he chased for a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we got there early, but not early enough to come down and, and say hello. I, I had uh, one of the volleyball moms asked me this weekend, something we were talking about something and she was like, do you have ADHD? And I was like, have you met me? Like, <laughs> Yes. Of course yeah. I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. What kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> yeah, no, so he, he loves it. We were just playing uh, playing one-on-one, watching the uh, SMU-FAU game, and somehow his baskets all count for two and three and mine count for one and two. <laughs> it's weird how that works. Did- did uh, Dan or Seamus throw him a pass at any point in time last night? No, not we almost. <laughs> but, uh, no, we we were able to uh, come come down into the the uh, the big shot section uh, after the game started. So he had his fill of pizza and macaroni and cheese and popcorn and ice cream and so, but. It was a it was a good time. Kelsey was uh, super impressed with the mac and cheese. She it said the mac like and it, cheese was fire. It seemed like it was good. I had a I had a coney and some pizza and some ice cream, but yeah, the ice yeah. cream was a new addition too. When she came over at halftime, her and her friend that she was with uh, each had a bowl of ice cream as well. I was like, dang. She's like, I ate more over there tonight than I have all season combined. <laughs> so uh kudos to you know Aramark, I guess, last night for the dining selection in the club area. Yeah. 
Is there going to be a lot of yelling in this podcast? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not upset about anything. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I, I say it like, obviously, I I care. And uh, <laughs> I the mention my the, the the BCJ mentions last night were uh, quite entertaining. But someone was like, because I made the joke about, I mean, the whole my whole thing about like, Spring practice starting March fourth was a joke, and someone yeah. was like, "Well, you, Dave doesn't even care about I'm like." I saw that. I saw I'm like that. I have a, a UC tattoo on my arm. I spend money to go to games. Like I absolutely care. Am I more into football than basketball? Yeah, but like to say that I'm not interested or don't care is is quite a statement. Well, like I I'm more of a basketball person than a football person. That doesn't mean I, I I dislike football. It just means I grew up loving basketball. Like, that's not – you're allowed to have a favorite. Yeah. I mean, I've got – you don't need to get into all the, the, if, the games. If I had multiple kids, I would like one of them more than the other. Yeah. And if you say you don't, you're lying. Exactly. It might be you that I like more, Kelsey. I'm just saying I would have a favorite. Yeah. She just assumes that there was another one I would like yeah. that one more than her. Yeah, it's probably not a bad assumption. <laughs> probably not a bad assumption, but I mean, <laughs> we don't have that child, so I, I don't know for sure. No. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it's... I Last night was... And we'll we'll get into it, but I I did some digging to try to maybe back this point up that that we'll get into. But oh, buddy, like I can I, mean, I can the, understand. Like I think there's there's clearly a line that I think you know fan fa fandom fanatic understanding it all, and I I totally get anyone's frustration with what that was last night. But there's there's always a line that just probably shouldn't cross. Like, and I, and I think sometimes I'm not going to say that I've never done it either. Cause I'm sure if you dug through however many years of tweets that I've fired off and been blocked by people and whatnot, that, that, uh, that I'm sure I've said some things that I look, would look back and go, yeah, probably not necessary. But I mean, you know, you have a passionate bunch of people that haven't been to the tournament for a while, and you kind of have your season not. It's you know, in the Big Twelve. That's the good part about it. Is it's net. It's to say it's over is it's probably not an accurate statement. But at the same time, like not far if, off. If you're not right, but if you're not going to be the that Oklahoma State team at home. Why would I have confidence that you're going to write this thing in the last five games and put yourself in a position to make the tournament? You also haven't won back-to-back -back games in conference play. You haven't won back-to-back -back games in 2024. Well, I mean, yeah. they yeah. technically they have. No, the first one was in 2023. I know, but the second one was in 2024. <laughs> so it's, it's continuation. Like, you know, it's like a, they – uh. They scored at the end of the first half, and then they got the ball to start the second half and scored again. So they technically <laughs> made two straight baskets. Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
you haven't won back-to-back games in this conference, the likelihood of you winning four out of five, not great. It's not great. Not great, Bob. No. Um, I mean, here's what it comes down to for me. The only thing you had to do coming into that game is respect the fact that Oklahoma State can get buckets. Do they do it consistently? No. Have they been like a juggernaut offensively all season? No. But we have talked about this with them, Aaron and I have, from the start of the basketball season. Like, yes, that team is young. Yes, that team is inexperienced. Yes, that team has a lot of flaws. But the one thing they can do at times is beat you with offense. And so you had to come into that game knowing we have to defend them. If we defend them, they don't play good defense. We're going to be able to score. Like, you just can't get in a a situation where you allow them to shoot 55%, 54%, whatever it was, for the game, 50%, over 50% in each half. And they shit the bed. Their most they shit their the most recent game. So you don't have it's not like you can go, well, they were you didn't, have to you didn't have to go back too far. Their most recent game, I think they scored 93 points and shot 59 yeah, percent against BYU. Who is it who is not a they're not an elite, they're not a great defensive team, but like they're Ken Palm 55th. Like that's not terrible. Right. So you didn't have to go one week back to find out that they can play some offense. And four days. You had to go four days back. You take you take it, and I'm sure this is probably an exaggeration. And someone can probably go, well, this one game back in 2000, whatever. But when you take into account that you see now this they were probably better than this, and because this is from today, post game. Yeah. So UC was probably better than this, and Oklahoma State was probably worse. If you take this into account, UC is 25th in adjusted defense on Ken Palm. Oklahoma State is 113th in offense. They had not won a road game all year. Mm-hmm. They hit four times prior to last night. They had shot over 50%. For the season, all at home. BYU, all at home. BYU, obviously the one we just discussed. The other three: New Orleans, Oral Roberts, and South Carolina State. All three of which are two hundred and ninety second or worse in adjusted defense in Ken Palm. Yeah. So when you take that into account, and you add into our goals this year of going to the tournament, the circumstances of this being a home game trying to build on the win against UCF, knowing that you've got to get this game if you want to realistically keep your tournament hopes alive outside of something drastic. And you come out and play defense like that, I don't know if it's an exaggeration to say that is the worst defensive performance that I can remember a UC team having when you – take all of those things into consideration. Like, yes, they've gotten blown out by really good teams when they've been bad. Like, I'm sure somebody the first year in the Big East 
had an incredible offensive performance. But that UC team sucked. Like, we're talking about a team that wants to go to the tournament, not a team that's rebuilding against a team that was the worst team in the conference yeah. and had a not good offense and had never sh- had him shot like this against anybody near the defensive ability of UC. So all of that together is, I'm just like, the level of unacceptable that that is and how truly terrible that defense was is is unlike anything I can really remember. Unacceptable, inexcusable, um, unforgivable. Any of the ins or un, ins or uns in whatever. Except I embarrassing. I don't like that one because I didn't do anything, so it's not. I'm not embarrassed, <laughs> I'm not embarrassed, I'm not embarrassed at all. Kelsey like, said she was embarrassed on the way I'm home not, last night. She's like I'm that was embarrassed. Embarrassed. well. She said that was embarrassing. And for them, it was. For them, sure. Like, it, it literally, it's it's the one thing you couldn't do was underestimate their ability to score. And they did. They clearly did. And I'm interested, like, going forward, long-term, how much of it is just not really fully understanding this league your first time through because I, I think it's easy to look at Oklahoma State and they I think they did it with West Virginia and they like they just okay we get to take a breath. No, there are no breaths in this I guess league. I, I understand what you're saying, but then the part of me wants to go, okay, one time sure. Second time at home, I'm not buying that anymore. You've been in you're you're one of like eight teams that hasn't lost a game yet. By 15 points or more this year. So I'm it's hard for me to to sit here and go, yeah, it's the first time. I'm not thing. rationalizing it. Oh, I'm I know, saying... but, but I'm like, every game you've been in is close. So yep. you know, I, I but I, I think I that a... actually in the in in human nature, <clears throat> that's part of the problem, is that every game has been close, and you get to this one. Look, fans did it. You know why fans were pissed off? Because they overlooked Oklahoma State. They said, this is easy. We got this win. It's it's human nature. I I agree, but human nature. But you also have to look at 13 conference data points and and, and know that that's not not reality. And neither. I'm going to tell you right now, that was not the conversation they were having in the hotel uh, Tuesday night. Look, guys. If you look at the 13 data points. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> every like I just I have a hard time with the like trying to get these guys to understand that it's a you know a possession here possession. That's been your whole effing season. Yeah. That's a December no that's a no, November December thing. Like if if we're in almost March and we're still not understanding that all of these games are coming down to possession then like either you need some adjustments on the roster or you need some adjustments in the messaging or maybe both. Like, yeah. I mean, I look, I get, I look, I, I understand that, that, that not, not wanting to hear that from a fan perspective. I understand it, but in the heat of two games a week, every game is a bloodbath. Every game is coming down to the wire. Every game is tooth and nail. It is human nature to look at Oklahoma State the way that everybody looked at Oklahoma State and said, 
we got this one. Like, yeah, we're good. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show up. We're gonna get this one. We're gonna move on. And then you you play like shit. You get down, you get back, you go up, you're up five with six minutes to go. In fact, you're up five with five minutes to go. They're up four, four or five at three different points, I think, with under yeah. ten minutes to go. And gave it, yeah. it almost instantly, not even like had a like almost instantly gave it up. Like got up four, yeah. gave up two buckets, got up five, fouled a three-point shooter, then gave up a bucket. Like just boom, gone. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it it Jizzle had the great run, um, and six points and and an assist or he, two. Bang, he bang, scored bang. Two, he scored two, he scored two buckets with the assist to Aziz in between. Yeah. Um, and then he gives up. Two buckets, back-to-back, bang-bang. Yeah, right, right, be- right before the little six-point thing, I wanted to I, – I was – I mean, just got cooked. I texted Brent, and I was like, as soon as as soon as that happened, I was – and then he instantly did did the little, you know, put the guy in the – drop the guy and everything, and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's part of the deal, I guess. You know, I know – I know that's been the discussion of of him and his – lack of playing time down the stretch and and I'm not really into the the super micro of it of like that's not you know lineups and substitution patterns and things sure. like that that's that's not really my interest like I think that's a just not a, a that's almost like play calling to me in football um would I have liked to have seen him play more a little bit more down the stretch, like not go the basically the rest of the game without playing. Sure. But there are numerous examples. Some of them have been posted on Twitter of just them, just isolating him and just working. That's the problem. That's the problem. It wasn't everybody's been hitting me up today. Like, you know, I posted that he, he, he played 14 minutes. He scored 10 points and he was minus 11. That is in 13 minutes. That is damn near impossible. Right. And and everybody hit me back with like, well, who else was on the floor with them? Like, just watch. It they doesn't matter. They were they were going they were going right specifically. Yeah. Now I right. will say that it's hard for me to square that he's like a step off defensively, just speaking last night, not any other night. Yeah. But like squaring the he's just not quite there defensively when guess what? Neither were the other eleven guys, or what, or ten guys, right. or whatever. Last Which is night. fair. So, and that's not me saying like he should have like stayed in the whole rest of the game because that's not realistic either. Like guys do get tired; they're not robots. Like if you want them to play good defense and good offense, he they're not going to be the primary ball handlers just, and, I, and play but, like eight minutes, eight ten minutes in a row. You know, so but yeah, I just but but, but they they. They scored on eleven of fourteen possessions. Oh, in the I know. Final six minutes. Like, yeah. you wanted him in there for offense. Well, offense wasn't the problem. The offense was borderline elite. They scored twenty-one points on fourteen possessions. One point five points per possession. Like that is elite offense. I like if, if they had struggled to score, and it was yeah. one of those where like 
like Oklahoma State just slowly walked them down in a game where, right, you know, over the final six minutes they scored ten and Cincinnati scored three, and you lost by two after having a five point lead, but neither team could really do shit, and Jizzle sat on the bench. Right. Yeah, be pissed. Like, be furious well, if that's the case. Then, then okay, then, I mean, I've seen some talk about, and I think Wes even might have mentioned it, about how Oklahoma State went small. What, I mean, I, I was keeping track of a four-year-old, so I'm not, like, really totally dialed into the game. But, like, what were we doing to combat that? And could that have been a spot where... He could have played a little bit more with Day Day, like to try to. Sure, but 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 all they were going to do was do the same thing that they had done every time he was on the floor. Sure, and isolate and go at him. Like sure, my point, like the point of playing him with Day Day is to get more offense. Yeah, outside of the two bad turnovers in the final four minutes from Dan and Simas, they got everything they wanted over the final eight minutes oh. or whatever. For sure. I mean, they shot 50% themselves, so you don't lose a whole lot of games at home when you shoot 50% and you've been a, uh, I'll put it nicely, bad shooting team. Right. Most of these games, they've been under 40. Most of the season. From the floor. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, and and I think when when you have a loss like that against a team that, like we said, everybody fan wise expected. To win, I think everybody even maybe fairly and rightly or wrongly, maybe fairly easily. That's when you that's when you end up getting the the true dissection of of some of the stuff (laughs) I've seen today. Like at the twelve seventeen mark in the first half, we took out these four guys and put in our four worst defenders, and they went on an eight zero run. Like that stuff to me, I'm not like that. This doesn't interest me to discuss. I feel like you're just talking in circles. Um, well, when it comes, also, when it Dave, that, like when you when you do that, you're just saying like I want everybody, like I want these guys to play 40 minutes. Yeah, like guys have to come out and get a breather. There has to be a break at some point in time in each half for guys to get rest. There yeah. has to be. Now, I do think you know. I noticed. I think one time last night. You know, I think we get kind of, I don't know, because. West still has held true to playing, you know, a lot more bench than a lot of teams do. I think sometimes we do get into these weird circumstances where either the lineup is uh, predominantly defensive oriented or predominantly offensive oriented, where I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that. how you necessarily, I mean, I, I'm sure coaches would, would understand better than, than myself, well, but like, there's t- there were a couple times problem. last night where I'm like, man, I'm not sure I would have had Day Day and Dan out at the same time, and because like who is who's like scoring, who's initiating offense with this group? There, even with the good shooting last night, I felt like there was a lot of standing around. Um, I didn't feel. I didn't. I didn't. I, I know a lot of people have said that. I didn't sense that as much, and I like I'm paying attention to try to like to figure out what people are talking about when they bring that up. Like they were still running predominantly their offense. They like, were, but I think it, it, it just some, sometimes, especially I, I think I noticed it more in the second half, probably before that. Um, 
before kind of the end, which the end got into more of like a back and forth. You know, the last seven, eight minutes was more of an up-tempo back and forth until the free throw shooting um, at the very end. But, you know, I think, you know, and I think that's that's a catch-22 maybe of wanting to play more of your bench. You know, is... Well, is, I, I think... You like, get, if, you your... get, if you want to get guys in, then you got to get them in somehow. And sometimes maybe the lineups don't necessarily, you know... Here's... Here's part of the problem as you'd love to have. Here's part of the problem. I think that, that you're kind of getting at all of your best defensive players are in the starting lineup. So when you go to your bench, it's Jizzle, not a great defensive player, CJ, not a great defensive player, Josh, who has proven to be a, a strong defender and Jamil, not a good defensive player. So you're playing a nine-man rotation, your bench is almost all offense. Right. So if you're going to sub your bench, you're you're taking out your strongest defenders, which I, I think there does maybe need to be some consideration of like, we cannot have David and like, John off the floor at the same time. You can't have like wholesale line changes. You, you know. Not with this unit. I think like not with this team. I no. think with some teams you can. Sure, but I'm saying like this particular one, like this team, yeah. You can't just I, like we just went through it. Your it's, bench it's, is predominantly yeah. all offense. You can't have like Josh. a three a three man sub at the you know 14 minute mark or something. Yeah. No, I, so, I, I understand but, that. Part. But the thing is though, it still just comes it comes back to me, it just comes back to last night, specifically defense. But I mean, it's still the set like I've I've never seen a team that can be in all of these games <laughs> while still like every game doing at least one thing like ridiculously terrible. Like yeah. obviously last night the defense was ridiculously terrible. In the first half, the turnovers were absurd. Like I don't I, Hey hey Geoff. You want to do me a favor, or Aaron, if you're bored? <laughs> this would take a lot of clicking, so I don't want to really actually ask anybody to do this. I I wonder how many times, especially in Big 12 play, they didn't turn it over on their first possession. It almost <laughs> feels auto-fucking-matic yeah. that they turn the ball over on their first possession every time. Well, yeah. Every time. Like- <laughs> Does I, it I not just, feel like that? Am I yes. stupid for feeling like that? Of course. It does of feel like that. No, I said it feels it certainly feels like that. <laughs> First possession, I mean, it's almost always like one possession, one turnover. Here we go. Yeah. And you know, I know if you know if you go by social media, which is not a thing that you should oh. do. Um, look, I look, obviously I last night. This. I had a delightful discourse on social media today. I didn't argue what, with anybody. We had a we had a quality conversation about the numbers that I was putting up. I ignored That's, the idiots. Excellent. Congratulations. It was delightful. I felt um, good about myself after that today. Growth. Yeah. You know, Dan Dan obviously did not have a good game last night. I mean, for, for he did, he rebounded the ball well. 
until the effing end of the game when we actually needed to get a damn defensive rebound and two possessions in a row. The thing that we're again, the thing we're supposed to be good at against a team that went small, two possessions in a row at the end of the game, we can't get a damn defensive rebound. Um, but I mean, he did not have a great game, obviously, four turnovers. The one that and we talked you and I talked about this a little earlier, and it's it's kind of a what are you gonna do about it type of situation. Who else are you gonna put in? But like CMOS in the last 10 has a negative assist to turnover ratio and is averaging just about two and a half turnovers a game. And a dude that has has to have the ball in his hands that much and initiate the offense makes some Makes some, makes a lot, it seems like, especially lately, uh, head-scratching passing decisions. Like, I'm not sure what the one he was trying to do in, the like, throwing it, like, 60 feet uh, down the middle of the court. I mean, in in those 10 games, four of them he has at least three, where Dan, in those same 10 games, is only averaging about one and a half and has four games with none. Now, obviously, he's not handling the ball the same amount. It's not and, facilitate, facilitating. Right. But like, the other thing is, Dave, Dan, Dan, Dan didn't come here to pass. He's, he's, maybe he could be the next Kyle Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if outside of Jizzle, Day Day, like the main guy handling the ball is Seamus, and you can't really threaten him with, bench time no but you just it's not we've seen especially in the in these close games that's when these type of plays matter like you're a good rebounding team you're a good defensive team in in all these close games like what would the score be if you just cut down on a few of the turnovers and he's kind of out of you know i probably out of his element a bit having to they're asking facil- him to do too much. I don't facilitate think as much as, as much as he is, but yeah. that's still like there's still turnovers inside of those that have nothing to do with like what the defense is doing. Like he he needs to kind of rein it, try to rein it back in a little bit in some of those instances. Yeah. All right. Here we go, Dave. Eight times. Eight times in, in thirteen six, games. And sixty-one point five percent of the time in conference. They either turn the ball over on the first possession right away or miss a shot, get the offensive rebound, then turn it over. That's – thank you, Geoff. That's phenomenal <laughs> statistical analysis. It was just something that hit me last night, like first possession of the game, turnover. I'm like, this happens – I feel like every game I'm like one possession, one turnover. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a point. I think their first six points were off turnovers. Where Cincinnati could have been up 13-0. They weren't getting anything offensively at the beginning of the game, except for taking turnovers and going and put it in putting it in the basket. Then did you hear did you hear the offensive rebounding stat, Dave? I don't think so. How many offensive rebounds do you think Oklahoma State had? Last night? Yeah. Uh, Ten. Six. That's it? Only six. Yeah. Felt like a lot more. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you why it felt like a lot more, Dave. How many points do you think they had off of those six offensive rebounds? 14. 12. So two points per offensive rebound. That will catch your attention and make it feel like there were 15. When I mean, they this goes 12 back points to, off of well, six offensive rebounds. It goes back to, I don't know if it was last week or the week before when we talked about, I think it was probably the after the Houston game when we talked about truly closing out a possession. Yeah. And and they they certainly struggle on on that at times. Well, I mean, they held them to six offensive rebounds. That's phenomenal. Well, it's not phenomenal because they shot 56%, 54%. Right. Like, how many misses did they – what was their right. – There weren't a whole lot of misses. What, were the, what was their offensive rebounding percentage? Right. Uh, let's see what they – they. I mean, they still – they missed – 24 shots. And they got they six, got six of them. offensive. So it's a 25, 25%. 25% offensive. is pretty good. Like that's that's solid. Yeah, and then they had a hundred percent points points off. Yeah. <laughs> um Bobby, this is kind of what I was getting to with with when you get to an Oklahoma State, your mind just naturally Says okay, we can breathe. Um, Bobby says the Big 12 podcast I've watched on YouTube, they spoke about how the grind of the Big 12 can affect teams. Their question was how the new teams will handle it. I think it's getting to us. I, I think in situations where you hit, and let's be honest here, Cincinnati's probably benefited from this in a couple games. Let's not kid ourselves. There have probably been a couple teams. That have gotten to Cincinnati and thought this is we can our take our foot game. off the gas a little bit. Let's 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 be let's keep it real. But Cincinnati's in a position where there are only really two of those teams, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. And I think mentally, when you're going through the the, the meat grinder that is this conference, you get to those games. And while you don't necessarily take your foot off the gas, you naturally think playing West Virginia, playing Oklahoma State, we're not going to have to be as perfect as we are going to Fall Gallon Fieldhouse. Playing Iowa State at home. Like it, it, there's mentally, you feel like in those games to win this game, we're going to have to be really damn good tonight. And I think it's it's human nature, like I said. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not – maybe it's the coach's fault for not making them understand. But I also think there's some human nature to it that when you get to Oklahoma State, your brain says, we can win, but we're not going to have to be perfect. Yeah. And there's when your mind goes there, guess what? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. There's There's certainly human nature at the same time. There need there needs to be an understanding that even though we look at them as a team that we should beat at home, every time we've gone stepped on the floor outside of the second half against Iowa State, maybe every they game still didn't lose that game by double digits. No, every every game has been a fight to pretty much the end. So even though our human nature says 
that this one might not be that way, our experience tells us that it probably will, or we need to treat it as if it will to make sure that it is not. And I think that's where I I have the, the, the problem with the not understanding that the game. Let me, let me, let me. If you're in year three, if we're in year three in the big 12 and this is still happening, I am with you a thousand percent. I'm saying in year one, I think there is still a learning curve, especially on that front, that the bad teams are still pretty damn good. They're not good. They're not top of the league good, but they are, if you don't play really well, we are going to beat you. There is. And I don't disagree with that at all. I just, I, my point is just, I, I would hope I, to I see some, gro- some growth within a season. Like we are like, are, are individual guys getting better? Like I, yes, I think, is Jizzle still not great on defense? Yes. Is he way better than he was? I think so. Sure. Absolutely. Has Josh, has Josh Reed become like a a fairly good plus defender that, that can be relied on? Yes, I think so. Guys are making individual growth steps, and the team is making some steps at times. It's a lot of two steps forward, one step back, or vice versa. Sure. But we are still seeing a lot of the same issues even against the bad teams that we were blowing out. The turnover thing has been a thing all year. Right. And I I just want to see more. And yes, is playing in the Big 12, is playing in the Big 12 maybe stunting some of that? If you were playing in a different league, would you see a bigger span from November, December to now? Maybe, probably. But I don't want to be in a different league. I want to be tested in this league and get guys that can win in this league. But I feel like I'm still seeing, like kind of like I talked about, these are November, December comments. I'm still seeing too much of like, this is November, December stuff, guys. Like, regardless of human nature or not, that defensive performance was a fucking Tuesday night, Wofford, don't give a shit defensive performance. Like, right. Right. And when your season is literally on the line, like it's because it can't happen. I don't give a crap if it's coaching, if it's players, if they're not listening, if the message is bad, like the reasons behind it do not matter. If you are going to talk to me about being a tournament team, then that does not happen to tournament teams at home in that type of game. All bubble teams have bad losses. But I bet when we find out who makes the tournament at the end of the year, I'll be hard-pressed to, to, to probably find one of those last teams that made the tournament had a home loss against a team that has not been good on offense all year, who, who that team is good on defense, and lost a game in, the, in their last six that they had to have. Right. I understand all of that. I understand all of that. I'm just telling you, like, I, 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 in watching sports for as long as I've watched sports, I've seen this shit a lot. Oh, sure. I mean, Purdue lost to Fairly Dickinson last year. I mean, yes, it's, it is not out of their own. Purdue just lost to Ohio State that fired their coach. Yes, I'm, I'm sidebar. I'm very excited to bet whoever Purdue plays in the first round <laughs> again this year. Um, 
What in the past three years they've lost to 13, 15, and 16? I think that's what that is. <laughs> that's that's actually really impressive. I think that's what it is. The last three years they've lost to a 13, a 15, and a 16 seed. Yeah. But I mean you just I don't know. There's there's no I can't I don't think I can I don't think I can put it you know, any other way than, than we kind of already have. I mean, yeah. I don't understand the the losing at home thing either. I don't either. Like, here, here's the thing for me, and you like, can disagree with me if you want. I think the only thing that's been different between home and road is they just haven't hit shots late. Like, like they haven't had that combination of getting stops and making – one more shot or whatever. We haven't seen that as much at home as we have seen. Well, no, because all the, the, all the games are close and they're winning the right. ones where they make the shot. And it just so happens that that play or right. plays is happening. But like I've, I've seen, I've seen people say like, they don't play with as much energy at home or that like, they just, I no, I don't, I don't see it. Like, yeah, you have an energy meter. You can, you can <laughs> tell like, from your oh, TV. I did on defense last night. The energy meter was oh was yeah. Low. But I'm saying like fans from your I TV, did, you I, can tell I, how the energy they're given at uh, at Texas Tech versus last night. No, I mean they're, yeah. they, it's the same game every game, except for Iowa it, State. It's the same game every game. It's a totally random staff, but they they are last in the Big Twelve in home wins in Big Twelve play. Like nobody has less than three except for them. Right. <laughs> and it's not like they've been bad at home. They've just like they just can't get over the hump at home. It's so weird. It doesn't make any like I don't know. Some of it is game control. I mean, some of it clearly is. They're too often they're playing from behind. That wasn't the case necessarily. I mean, they they did play from behind in the final two, three minutes or whatever, but like, it feels like they're always trying to catch up, trying to catch up, trying to catch up. And then sometimes they get across the finish line and sometimes like they, they fall flat on their face with the, fin like the, the tape is out. And instead of crossing it, they just like fall down. Well, I mean, um, like, we, like we said earlier, I mean, how many times in the last 10 minutes did they have two possession leads that, if you get one stop, three. like just like you, I mean, you said it, they scored on whatever it was 75, 80% of their possessions down the stretch. Like, so basically, 11 of 14, is, 11 of 14 possessions. So, they if you got get points. one stop, you're probably scoring. So, you're up six or seven. Yeah. But they couldn't get that one stop. And not only could they not get that one stop, they gave up back, they would give up back to back scores to then well, or they, tie well, the game. Or they, like, you know, if you go back to the, what was essentially the dagger. Um, let me get to it real quick. So Aziz gets the and one to go up two. They leave uh, Eric Daly Jr. The they're, They were playing small. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They're yeah. playing him at the five. Uh, I think he's made three threes in Big 12 play. They leave him wide open at the top of the key. He bangs it. So they go up one. 
And then you have the turnover by Dan. They miss, get an offensive rebound, hit a three. Now they're up four. And then uh, they foul. You get the CMOS turnover, and they foul, and it goes from four to six. So in a minute and a half, you went from having a two-point lead to being down six. Yeah. Because you had your only two, you had two of your only three empty trips in that entire stretch. But what happened? Three, three, and two free throws. You score zero points. They have three possessions. You have two. You score zero points. They score eight. Eric Daly has taken five threes in his last 10 Big 12 games and made three of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, And I, I would guess almost all of them were of that variety where there's just nobody. Yeah, kick, was everybody, free throw line. everybody's crowded in, get a rebound, it squirts out, you kick it out. They hit the one in the corner too, right? Hit the one in the corner that was kind of just like that. Like there was nobody around him because everybody's fighting for the rebound that you don't get. And that's, well, this the, wasn't that's a, the, that wasn't a second chance when Daly was just, Oh, he was like and then under the basket. And was, yeah. I mean, and that's the luck of the bounce sometimes. And I, and I get that, but there certainly wasn't, you know, they didn't lose the game last night because of that. They lost the game because in the first half, they, didn't have any interest in taking care of the ball. And for the whole game, they didn't have any interest in guarding anybody. Sure. But Dave, they also went from up two to down six in a minute and a half in the last three minutes of the game. Oh yeah. And guess what? You got a minute and a half to make up six points. Good luck. Well, yeah, especially when you haven't stopped the other team from scoring. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, and also, Oklahoma State's the best, the worst free throw shooting team in the Big 12. Uh, and they go, what, 13 for 13 in the second half? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, hey, free throw you know, defense but, stuck, Dave. But here's the thing what, about that. What's you know, teaching these guys on how to defend free throws? You know how you get confidence from the free throw line? When you're not missing from the field. <laughs> Right, when you're shooting 57%. Maybe the they're a bad free throw shooting team in all the other games because they can't make any shots <laughs> Period. In, the, in the flow of the game. <laughs> so. That's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, what's the old yeah. don't, don't let them get hot. Well, you let them get hot. Look, free throw defense has got to improve. It's been a problem all year. Teams have shot well above their free throw percentage against Cincinnati most of the season. Most of the yeah. conference season, at least. What is West teaching these guys on how to defend free throws? What do they do in practice, Dave? Do they right. not defend free throws in practice? <laughs> I mean, if you're not defending free throws in practice, what are you even doing? What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. PCU Saturday worries me. Well, I mean, every but not like 
I, I think they I have a fear they get smacked Saturday in Dallas. A fear. Not that I not that I am banking on it, but you're playing a team that is is still on the bubble. They're not in yet. I mean they're they're probably gonna be in, but they still have to finish strong. Yeah, they can't lose all of their last five games. They did not play well here, I don't think, and I give Cincinnati credit for that. I thought Cincinnati defended them well here. Um, they lost, and you're going there kind of wounded. I, if they pull in, like, if they go back to back with like West Virginia and then they go to Texas Tech and like somehow manage to beat Texas Tech and then run it back and, and do the same thing uh against them I, i'll be surprised against tcu i'll be yeah surprised. i mean their wins in the last six games are west virginia at home and at kansas state so like yeah. they're you know they're kind of playing as a bubble-ish you know seven eight what nine what we talked about last week type seed right you're now bu- you're considered a bubble team for a reason <laughs> so could they go in there and win Sure, but it's it's again, it's hard for me to to put any faith in that um, after not saying that they can't turn around and have a great defensive effort. I mean, I'm sure they they can, yeah, but are they gonna ha- are they gonna shoot fifty percent on the road? I mean, like they've shown they can win road games shooting. 38 so right but you're i mean you're gonna, have to pl- you're gonna have to play a lot better defensively i mean yeah. they still tc still creates some matchup issues um especially with their, has five career thousand point scores on the floor pretty much at all times so especially with their two guards um lord I mean, as, I want, as i want to call him lord tennyson <laughs> and well, Jameer, it. Jameer Nelson Jr. Um, yeah, that's where you get into the, you know, you have John on Emmanuel Miller. You have Dede yeah. on, I guess, either probably Jameer Nelson. But then that's where, that's where we kind of get into the, like, okay, who's guarding, who's guarding Micah Pe- like Micah Peavy, who's guarding, Tennyson, Tennyson, right? Like they just give you some some looks that you don't have necessarily the the, the greatest matchups, but um, yeah. What what I do think is advantageous. I would love for them to win just so I could hear Jamie Dixon complain some more. <laughs> that was a, that was an interesting press conference. He, was, he wouldn't he was take very, the bait at all. He was very upset. They thought they had a win. Dave, they thought they were coming. They had just had the they had just had the best week in the in the in the country, and they were coming in here thinking, "Wow, we can take our foot off the gas a little bit." They had the win if they didn't miss a free throw at the end. Sometimes that happens, Dave. Mm -hmm. They played good free throw defense. Credit to Les for once. (laughs) When it counted, they played good free throw defense. I, I don't want to go too far off on this tangent, but I'm gonna a little. 
Okay. This notion <laughs> that West can't coach or, or whatever it is, that, that people people are mad, they lost. I get it. I asked you this question. I've asked a couple people, uh, both connected to UC and around the Big 12, this question today. 13 games. How many games has Cincinnati had the best player? Yeah, I would say two. Two two was the the basic consensus. They had the best player uh, in both of the UCF games. Um. I was also what's that? I was say let's let's be real. I mean, we like a lot of what Jizzle has shown. We like pieces of what guys have shown, but this, the, this the is core clearly of the, a team with Big Twelve talent. The core of the roster was not recruited to the Big Twelve, right? So you don't have. In your first year, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna walk into a new conference like, just like a football team is not just like back when the basketball team and the football team entered the Big East. They didn't have Big East players. They had some guys that became very good Big East players, or younger guys that were recruited to the Big East, just like the younger guys on this team and the transfers were recruited to the Big Twelve. But like, you don't have third year guys, fourth year guys. That have been that were recruited to that and have had a chance to grow and mature inside of that. Right. So uh, I had somebody say they they think like if the argument is Javon Small is Oklahoma State's best player, I might argue it's Brandon Garrison. But if the argument is Javon Small is their best player, if you inserted him on Cincinnati's team, would he be the best player? I think the answer is probably no. Yeah. He's a really good player, but I don't think he would be the best player on Cincinnati's team. No, I think he'd be one of the top one or two. But to say we're we're talking about substantially, we're talking about like the best player is Emmanuel Miller. The best player right. is Shed. The best player Kevin is Hunter, Dick, Hunter, Dick, Hunter Dickinson. Like <laughs> or Kevin McCullough or Johnny Furby. Um, Kansas has a couple. Uh, you know, the best player for Texas Tech, Pop Isaacs. Um, although he's broken. I think Cincinnati broke him. He has not been the same since they played Cincinnati. I, I thought he had think. a good game the other night when they beat TCU. He had points. He well, had points the other night. But that's what he's there for, points. Yeah, but, boy, he, like, he had four or five threes that were just rhythm wide open, and he was nowhere close. Like, Side of the backboard, like nowhere close. Yeah. Um, anyhow, there's not many games where Cincinnati, uh, the other one, Oklahoma, I think it's close. Like, I think Oklahoma is similar to Cincinnati and that they've got a bunch of good Big 12 players, but they don't have like that top of the roster guy. Mm-hmm. If that's what your team is and you're in every game, and you're down to the wire in 90% of them, that doesn't happen if your coach can't coach. Right. That's it that's where happen. that's when the margins get right exposed. And you know, taking last night out because last night was a defensive thing. In these other games, it's when we 
you know, you're playing in this new league. Not, I think to me that is the frustrating part of this season in Big 12 play specifically is if we were outgunned and we were playing awesome and coming up short in these games, I'd be like, you know, these dudes are just – they're playing so good, but they just they're just not there. The frustrating part is that they're not playing so good and they're right there. And so you're you're wanting more. You're want you're like, you know, going back to the shooting conversations we've had is like you don't have to be that awesome. Just don't be dreadful. So yeah. it leaves it leaves you wanting more in that regard is like, you know, sometimes you can understand like, yeah, these guys are busting their ass and shooting 50% and diving on the floor and getting rebounds, but like, we're just not as talented. Like, and that's why we're coming up short. You know what my favorite part about this, this take is Dave. What's that? Is that somehow you probably actually would feel better about all of this. If they lost to Kansas by 22 and Houston came in here and beat them by 17. I mean, I wouldn't personally, cause I hate no, you losing would. and not, and I would no, the losing they still lost. They lost those games. Yeah, but that would, tell, that would tell me we're like I'd be like, man, we're pretty far away. This this year tells me we're not that far away, but we just don't have that dude that yeah. in these games when when we don't shoot great, who's that guy that can can equalize that, and and who's your Jaron Cumberland? Who's your Sean Kilpatrick? Like. Who are those type of guys where it's like, yeah, everything around you tonight is not going great and we're shooting in the 40s, but this guy is capable of microwaving the game in the last couple minutes and we steal a win. We we have not like where are the where are the win steals? Like where where are the times when it's you know when we've I'm sure there's they been some stole I mean, Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, but like but in, in so many close games, you would think there would be more – like, if you had that guy, you would have more instances of, sure. of you know, we, we got the bucket, we got foul, whatever whatever the case may be. That's, I think, where where we're, where we're coming up short and where the, the frustration is, is, like, you're in these close games and you're doing things that good teams don't do. Like, good teams don't play. Like, you played that kind of defense last night – you shouldn't have been in the game. You should have been blown out, right? You have the turnovers that they've had in some of these games. You shouldn't be in the game. You shoot 17% from three and take 21 or 25 attempts and shoot in the low 40s or even in the 30s. Like, you shouldn't be in the games. But yet, there they are. So it's like, that's where, to me, the frustration lies is that you are right there, but you're... Yeah, and the the other teams are obviously having a a huge say in the matter. But, like, we're just not having that growth, having that guy that can step in and go, I'm kind of going to take over here. I'm going to settle everything down. And whether it's me scoring or someone else scoring because I'm facilitating, like, we just don't have that guy right now that in those crunch times that you can lean on. Yeah. And until until that is located, you're going to be in this position. But I think 
the good thing is, Dave, at least now, like, there's an understanding at the end of year one that you don't have that guy. Yeah, you either you either see someone that you think can develop into that guy, and I'm not sure I see that. I see, like, and again, I don't want to cast anybody's lot well before me. We saw Justin Jennifer basically contributed nothing for three years and then was really, really good his senior year. Um, but, like, do we see that? Do we? You kind of see the alpha. You see the main guy kind of right away, don't you? Even if he's not in that role, you kind of see the the markings and the mentality. And I'm not sure outside of maybe Jizzle, I don't know if I really see that in anybody that's like gonna be on the team for two, three more years. So you either I think you see it some from Dan, but you don't see it consistently enough yet, which we I knew still, I still see Dan as more of a really, really good compliment to somebody. Um I think if the, I would say this, and and I will make an argument against myself in a second. I would say if if Dan is able to continue, pro, like the pro, the progress he made from last year to this year is insane. Oh yeah, if he makes another jump next year, he can he can be that guy. But you know what's hard about that, Dave? You know what we knew about Sean Kilpatrick his first season. What was Mick's line? He, was, he can sc- score 10, get fallen out of bed. Right. And he could. Like, that yeah. wasn't a bullshit line. That was very true. You know, we saw about, about Gary and Jake in their freshman seasons. They were all conference, top of the roster type guys. Right. You know, we they saw didn't... in Jaron his freshman season. He was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So, you know, pretty early. Right, that's what I'm. That's Generally. what I mean. Like they're not getting thirty minutes a game, but in the ten minutes or whatever they're getting as freshmen, like you can tell they're not out of place and they have that ability, that mentality inside of them. Yes, the only guy on the roster right now that has that is looking like that is Jizzle. Now he has a deficiency that he has to improve, especially for the way that this team wants to defend. Um. He's got to get better guarding ball screens. He's got to get better working through the crowd because a lot of times he just kind of gives up. Yeah, I mean, he's got the quickness. I just feel like he sh- it shouldn't be hard for him to just jump in, just jump it and just be inside of that. You're so yeah. much quicker than the guy coming to set the screen more times than not. Um, like, just force your way above it. And he's just not. He's running into the screen. Like, that yeah. is a problem. Especially the way they want to play defense. It's a problem. Um. So, I mean, I think going forward, like, you know now, we don't have that dude. We have to go get that dude. Period. Like, yeah. have to go find him somewhere, somehow, some way in the offseason. Because ultimately, like, if everything, you know, and who the flip fuck knows in the transfer portal era what the offseason is going to look like. No, I'm... Like, <laughs> you know, there was a point in time last year where, and I don't know that I've ever said this before, and I hope I don't get in trouble saying it. There was a point in time at the beginning of last offseason where Landers Nolly told everyone, I'm coming back. And then changed his mind. 
And that happens. That is Mike Adams Woods. Wes went and met with him in Syracuse, sat down with him and his family. I am coming back. And a week later, he was in the portal. So guess what? <laughs> yeah. You never know. Like, you never know. Because, God, you know, things change. Situations change. I don't fault either of those guys for, you know, ultimately exploring what they felt was best for them. More power to them. But they also at one point told the coaching staff they would be back. And they did not come back. So yeah. to pretend like we know any of what's going to happen no. in this offseason is, is lying to you. Lying to you. Um, but back on point, if the majority of this roster stays intact and they can go find somebody that kind of fits that role that we're talking about, the lot of this team changes drastically. If Jizzle becomes that guy next year, you know, he, he looks actually quite a bit better than Lipsy looked last year for Iowa State. Yeah. In their freshman seasons. And now Lipsy's one of the top three point guards in this league. Running the the best or second best team, however you want to look at it. Like, you know, it's projecting forward. I think the good news is I feel that this is a big 12 roster. And I feel that there's a chance that a large part of this core, a good chance a large part of this core is back. You're going to have some spots to work with. I am yeah. not going to count on freshmen, guys. No. I'm not. I'm now, not even thinking about I won't even truly count on sophomores unless they're <laughs> like really unless they've shown me that they can be that they're all like they're really good. Like who are the awesome young guys in the Big 12 this year? Uh, Jacoby Walter. Well, he's a top five NBA pick. So when we get right. when we start getting those, you can start <laughs> counting on them. You asked me, I gave you a name. Dave. I know, and I and, yeah, and I also had an immediate response. <laughs> uh, last night, I think they we saw what's going to be a an all conference player in this league. Yeah, Brandon Garrison. I like Brandon Who Garrison. Was a McDonald's all American. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, you get my point. Like the real, yeah, he's gonna be a lottery pick. He's not coming back to Kansas next year. Right. The NBA draft this year stinks. That dude is going to go in the lottery. Yes, or very close to it, if not to a good team that uh that that is going to be very happy to have him. But my point is clear. Like all the best players outside of Taman, whatever, however you say his first name. He's a sophomore, right? Yeah, he's a sophomore. Yeah. Everybody else is like seniors or grad transfers. Yeah. It's an old league. It's an old veteran, tough. So I'm supposed to count on freshmen and even sophomores to write all of the things we just spent an hour talking about and going on the road and and being in these meat grinders. Like, I'm going to count on freshmen and sophomore next year to to fix that? (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with it. You got any more on basketball? Not really. 
No. All right. We are going to timestamp. Uh, oops, I pulled up the wrong one. We are not timestamping quick paper supply, Dave. We are timestamping <laughs> Turtles Brew, zero cooked shit. I'm flustered Z right now. Zero what? <laughs> zero, see what he got? Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten free, 6% ABV. It's a bourbon infused sweet tea. They have cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, lemonade tea, and strawberry mint. There's over 100 locations now in Ohio. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and location. As always, a portion of the proceeds go to save the sea turtles. Um, I, I don't know how we like, I don't know how we fully want to do this, Dave, but we're, we're going to have to really start ramping up uh, spring football because that is in a week Two and weeks. a half. Yeah. Oh, no, a week and a half. Yeah, Monday. Mo Monday the 4th. So this is, uh, we'll talk to UC football. That is brought to you by Team Ticker. Team Ticker is the one-of-a-kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. It's a high-tech retro display that provides daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, much more. No subscription required. If you're looking to be scared out of your pants in your office uh, when the women's team tip off and you uh, weren't thinking directly about it at that point in time, it plays the fight song uh, when games start. <laughs> so if you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, your dorm room, a gift for that special Bearcats fan, go to teamticker.com. Pick up your team ticker today at checkout. If you want $50 off, $50 off at checkout, you'd promo code BCJ. They need a Tennessee one, so you get that horn right at the beginning of Rocky Top. That'll make you jump out of your chair. The best is the dogs don't know what to think. Like, the dogs every time are usually right here next to me in the office, and that thing just starts playing the fight song, and they both jump up, and they're looking at me like, Dad, what is that? Yeah. What, what did you do and why? Yeah. They don't before, bark at it. Before we, before we switch to football, I do want to say that I've been trying to get Brent to come on uh, my brother and mine's trip to Reno yeah. for the first and second round of the tournament. So <laughs> last night I sent him to Texas, Reno, Reno. And he sends me a picture of Zach Eddy. Apparently he's going to be covering the Boilermakers or something or following the Boilermakers. I'm like, what? You're not going to come to Reno and – Bet on games because you're gonna go watch them lose in the first weekend. <laughs> the first thing this morning, I sent it to him again. <laughs> Sounds like a trip right up his alley, and he's gonna skip out on it to go watch, watch Purdue get beat. Boring, boring ass Purdue. <laughs> um, so spring football is it's almost here, Dave. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of content between now and, and the fourth, uh, kind of getting you ready for it. And then I think we're going to save some, they have, they'll have three practices. They're all non-padded. You have to kind of, you have to go through an acclimation period 
and then there's spring break. So we're not going to pile on everything right at the start of spring because I'm going to be honest with you, Dave. I don't know much about this team at this they point. Need to, they need to have a media meet and greet. <laughs> Hi. I mean, I know um, all the names. Yeah, but you got to be able to, like, put the face with the name, and I'm going to wear number 27, sure. and I play defensive right. back. And <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it is, like, especially on defense. Like, I think on offense, it, like, if you wanted me to I mean, get you a two is... deep on offense, I, I'd be pretty good. Pretty good. Defense, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely don't know well, you have what – so many Things new players like. plus a new scheme. Like, I have right. no idea what to expect. Plus, I mean, I think there's a very, very real possibility, Dave, that there's a bunch of guys that were at the top of the depth chart when spring starts that are battling to stay on the two deep when spring ends. Like, maybe not that wild, but, like, with so much unknown – there's got to be some some situations where, okay, we think this is our best guy. And then practice starts, and it's not your best guy. Yeah. Um, are Keegan and I going to Kansas City for the basketball tournament? Keegan, probably me, no. Uh, I've got way too much volleyball dad responsibility to... Yeah, that, that's, uh, a hard, that's a hard trip for... Single mom or dad life. Just, I'm gonna go to Kansas yeah. City for five days in the middle of the week. I mean, While you're in school, and I yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna put that on somebody else to be responsible for getting you up and getting you to school. Like, I don't have to wake her up; she's up every morning. But like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not. It's not fun. No. Uh, spring game 2023 fooled me into thinking our QB situation would be okay. That's the hard part about the spring, right? That what did that actually tell us? It actually told us that the secondary was a disaster. <laughs> but you don't, you know. I'm sure we said, and I wasn't there. I was I was volleyball dating, so I missed the spring game last year. I should be there this year. I don't think I have a schedule conflict. Um, but you know, I'm sure we said at the time we don't know how much of that is this and how much of it is the secondary, but there, there's a lot of illusions when you're practicing against yourself, Dave, that we have to sort through. It's not, it's not as easy as it sounds. This job, sometimes this job is hard, Dave. Well, I mean, think of though how good we have that we can actually go and watch pretty much every one. Like how do, how do yeah. you cut, how do you take anything out of the spring at some of these schools where the, where the media is allowed to watch like, the first 10 or 15 minutes of like how do you possibly stretching you can watch them yeah. stretch and that's it yeah so you're just like pretty much guessing or relying on someone that is inside to give you honest and yeah and, honest and trust feedback. that they're not giving you uh that you're actually bullshit. then allowed to make public yeah um <laughs> so you know but well, yeah, I mean, the schedule kind of stinks for me. We'll see how many um, I'll be able to get to. But because, I mean, obviously there's a lot to, to watch and a lot to learn. And 
And, uh, you know, I, I just – I like the football. Combine starts yeah. Monday. No, you like eight. it better than basketball, Dave. Why do you hate basketball? I don't know. I just hate it. <laughs> I just – I hate it. Dave hates basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think looking at my schedule, I should be there for most everything. There's a couple days I have radio, but it's three to six. So I'd be able to to go to spring practice and then still do radio. And maybe you'll get some spring football talk uh, on ESPN 1530 on those days that I was at practice, and we don't have a lot to talk about uh, in March in this town because the two local basketball teams uh, are not going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, uh, <laughs> more likely than not. I know one that's not. The other is very likely not to be either. Yeah. Did you hear that last night? Hear what? Sean Miller. I did not hear it. I saw some conversation around it but i do not know what he actually said or what his actual um gripe was about i mean i think it was oh, about guess... him getting a technical right it wasn't really he about the technical... foul, foul calls it was more about the technical he got a technical middle of the first half ish whatever mm -hmm. and uh went on a rant about look i know there's a pecking order in the big east and I know I'm, you know, I'm not in that top tier of guy. I haven't made a final four and I haven't made a national championship. I haven't won a national championship. Shut, shut up. Like you were in Arizona for a decade plus, bro. You don't get to hide behind like, oh, I don't, I don't get the Rick Patino treatment or the Danny Hurley treatment because I'm poor little old Sean Miller. That's just uh you know, just an up and comer, just a young buck here in this in this college coaching game. Shut the fuck up! What are we doing? Well, he gets. I guess he doesn't have his assistants buying their necessary players to put him I, in that look, top tier. All, all I know is I've got Xavier fans that have told me for a year and a half now, two almost two years now, that he's the top five, top ten coach in the country. But the Big East refs don't respect him because he shit the bed in Arizona. Come on, man. What did he get a T for last night? Uh, I guess it, being out of the coach's box or something along those lines because he was talking about, you know, sure, I'll go over there and I'll get, I'll get, I'll be down on one knee and I won't move and I won't da 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 da. But you better make sure that that those guys are are held to the same standard as poor <laughs> little old me. Because nobody in the in the Big East, the officials don't respect me because my resume isn't as good as some of these other guys. Oh my God, what are we doing? It's not your resume; it's the logo on your pullover. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> back to football. Um, I mean, I, I guess what like the easiest thing to talk about from kind of a preview standpoint would be offense for tonight. I don't want to spend, we're going to have a lot of basketball to talk about next week. Anyway, I don't want, I don't think we have uh, a whole show to dedicate to the spring, 
Uh, so I want to, you know, get a little bit of a, a preview uh, going as we head in. And I think offense is probably. Well, when is our, when's our game? When's the next basketball game after Saturday? Tuesday at Houston. Tuesday. Oh, we got the night, the Tuesday, the Saturday, Tuesday turnaround double road game. Yeah. Hey, they're yeah, staying. Yeah. yeah, they're staying hey. in Texas. Hey, yeah, yeah. What's the spread hey, on yeah, the yeah. game going to be? They have, well, just for context, Dave. They haven't played a game closer than 15 points. I know. I know. So is, is, if it's going to be less than 15, then. No, probably not. We'll see. We'll see. If the line if the line was nine and a half for Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What, what what's it gonna be That's when true. uh what true. five maybe six and eight, five and nine Cincinnati comes rolling into town? Yeah. Um but but, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll have a we'll have a Houston Tuesday game to talk about on next Wednesday. Um I mean, from and I mean, then getting and to, then after that, we'll have two spring practices under our belt. Yeah, getting about. getting to football, I would say offensively, I want like the thing that I would taking quarterback out because that's always going to be number one unless you have a, um, you know, certified starter. I'm yeah. interested to see how the running back stuff goes behind Corey. Like, how does how does uh, Evan Pryor look. How does Deuce Williams look? Um, you know, is there anybody else in, involved there? Because we know what Corey is. We have a good understanding of what the offensive line is from the run game standpoint. I'm not sure you're going to take a ton in the pass protection because the quarterback is never going to be lot. Well, I shouldn't say never. 95% of the time in the actual practices, the quarterback will never be live. So, yeah. you know, what, what, how much the, can the running really... back is also very rarely live. Oh yeah. It's a lot of thud and, you know, right. blo blown dead where you have to kind of say like, yeah, that guy was not really in position. Like that would not have been a tackle there or, right. or that would have been attacked, you know, vice versa. Um, but I guess that would be my thing in kind of, the, the running backs and kind of who 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 maybe is someone to watch as a threat on the outside besides Xavier Henderson yeah because I think that's a that's a huge unknown um so that would kind of be my two main things offensively um Team wise, I would I'm gonna be interested to in hearing from you just the overall vibe, the overall size, the overall height, weight, speed type of thing. I mean it again, it's the offseason. Everybody is getting faster, stronger, and is really bought in. Like sure so I take all of that stuff with a grain of salt, but come two weeks we'll have a much clearer understanding well, of if that is lip service or if that is is actually true to your point it's going to be important to look at the new guys and see how they stack up in the look test because I, I mean, yeah. you know I, I 
I, I said, I've said a bunch of times as we went through last season, other than UCF in person, Baylor was the only team that kind of looked like UC. Kansas, yeah. Iowa State, Oklahoma, obviously. Oklahoma like, State. Yeah, yeah. Th- those teams looked well. I and didn't see Oklahoma State, and, but I didn't. Yeah. See, I'm talking about right, on, on the field, field, on the field, right, at different right. stadium, watching Iowa State, Kansas, and Oklahoma come out. Just I'm usually in that spot, right? Like an hour and a half before kickoff, where those guys are walking past me, and it like with all three of those teams, it was just like, oh, uh, they look different. I don't cover a lot of dudes who look like that here. I think this transfer class, you know, would I have liked some a couple more truly game game breakers, whether they were on offense or defense, sure. But I think at first blush, without seeing them with pads I on. See. I agree. I, I think they, I, I think they've it. raised the floor of the roster. Now how much? Is certainly yet to be determined, right? But um, because you actually you do have some guys, whether it be Varner at Wisconsin, um, the DN slash linebacker from West Virginia, you do have some guys that have done some things. Like, and so I, I want to see how the, how they transition into their roles, how how they look, how you know, just especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean. Outside of the the power players up front and Jack Dingle, that was a small defense last year. Yep. So how is that how is that adjusted for this year? And it was also not a very fast defense. So can you get bigger and faster at the same time? Generally easier said than done. Just saying. So, you know, I mean, we've we've talked about the ways that this team can be a bowl team. Um, Offensively, I'm not as concerned. I mean, I think the offensive line needs to be bigger, better, especially on the edges. But they've proven they can run the ball. Um, Xavier Henderson's proven he can get open. Do we have other guys that can do the same? And do you have a quarterback, whoever the quarterback is? can take care of the ball better. I think that's how the offense finds success. The defense, I think, it has clearly has way more question marks. What do you want to either see or hear about Brendan Soresby from me as we go through? Um, that he's not throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> Fair. Because in the spring, like, what I mean, like, what am – does he come? I mean, like, if he's going to be the starter, is he? Does he? What's his command of the offense at this stage in his uh, time at UC? I mean, certainly not going to be as good as it is come the fall. But just, um, I mean, I, I kind of know enough from watching some stuff that he did at Indiana. It's it's more so just. How is how does he handle? You know what is practice one compared to practice fifteen? How does he handle a new system, a new receiving core? You know where how quickly does that growth start happening? 
Um, if he has a bad practice, what does the next practice look like? Yeah. Kind of stuff like that. If he has a great practice, what does the next practice look like? I think that's both of those are equally important, right? Yeah. You want to see him be able to bounce back from a bad day. And you want to make sure that he doesn't just like have a good day and then, you know, ah, I'm going to take tomorrow off. Like, I think both of those things are critical. Yeah. You got to stack, stack days and, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, we get excited for the spring because we haven't played football for three months, but it's very hard. <laughs> right. It's very hard for me to, uh, to make any hard line comments one way or the other based off of it as well. It's like, sure. So much of it, so yeah. much of it is install. There's no game planning. You're not necessarily trying to beat the defense. You're trying to learn plays to a point that you could run them in your sleep. You're not really concerned about what the defense is doing. You're more concerned about what you're, how good you're doing what you're supposed to do. And a play you call might not be the play you would call in an actual game, but you're not really concerned about that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like, a lot of the stuff you learn from the spring is more like one-on-one wide receiver DB drills. Oh yeah. um, One-on-one O-line D-line like technique stuff. And you know, you learn a lot more about that stuff than you do, you know, a lot of 11 on 11. Uh, mm-hmm, in for sure. Windows. Excited to hear about the true freshman. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a bunch there's of a lot of, if there's a lot of true freshmen on the field this year. <laughs> Tony, don't even. <laughs> I mentioned in spring practice and then I'll put it nicely I don't care the rest of this, this <laughs> hopefully there's a couple like they could use I'm sure for, from a depth standpoint they could use two or three four of these guys to like be in a position to be on the two deep and you know help out yeah uh, I'm not saying start. I'm not saying play a significant role. I'm saying, like, be on the two deep and be guys that you don't feel terrible about if somebody goes down that they have to go in the game. No. Now, the the whether it's a true sophomore or redshirt sophomore, that's the group I'm more – those guys better be littering the two deep uh, yeah. or we're going to maybe have some problems. <laughs> Unless the transfers are are really good and they take yeah. a lot of those positions, but Randy, I think the problem is we don't know if they have a speed wide receiver to open up the field because they. Never mind. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah. Tony Johnson. Tony Johnson. Oh well, I there is one freshman that I'm very excited to see because I okay. do actually think he's going to play this year okay. and play a lot. And that is Dakari Anderson. Okay. He's, ta- he's taking over my Will Pauling future ring of honor 
player. I will be I will be pretty surprised if he's not I won't say major, but I'll be pretty surprised if he's not a contributor this year. Like a special teams contributor? No, like a like, like 15 to 30 catches this season guy. I think I, I think the slot is going to be very difficult to get on the field. He, I think he's that dude. I think he's fourth in line at slot wide receiver. I think by the end of spring, he'll be one. 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 Okay. Did you go to Michigan this weekend? Like, no, <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. I think he's good, man. I think I, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. I I think he's good. I'm he's saying good. Barry Jackson, Aaron Turner. That's what Barry, I was asking if he went to Michigan this weekend. I mean, Barry Jackson, maybe, but like, I mean, I. Yeah, um he's gonna have to jump three guys. They brought in a transfer in the slot, they have Aaron Turner and they have Barry Jackson. Factual, he's going okay. to have to jump three guys. And look, right. they still have the star of spring last season, Leslie Ando yeah. in the slot. Well, just just wait till you have Nico on again and then call me after he tells you how great he is. Okay. Do we need to call somebody? <laughs> no, it's it's legal in Ohio now. Dave's fine. <laughs> Dave's fine. Hey, um, you want you want takes like there's there's you know that's a take. It's certainly a, a take. There's a take. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of being you know proven right about my Will Pauling take. I mean, he was by far and away Wisconsin's best receiver this year. Yeah, Will Pauling was gonna be good here, no matter. Hot take, Dave. Not really. No, do, do not. No. <laughs> no. Um, offensive line. I mean, I, I need to see them improve pass block. Yeah. The pass blocking was a problem last year, to say the least. Were they good run blocking? Yes. Do I have confidence in them run blocking? Yes. Do I need to see that unit be better pass blocking? Absolutely. A lot better. A lot better. Significantly better. Um, so that, that has to happen. Uh, do we need to see? I, I think here's the important, maybe the most important offensive line uh, conversation through the spring and into camp. Are there any young guys that are ready to step in to those backup tackle spots? It's a huge question. I mean, they did not add anybody in the portal. So you can say, yeah, we're, we're straight along the, the line with our starting five, but how many times, and they were, I mean, I don't know, you don't want to call it lot, call it whatever, but like pretty sure all those guys made pretty much every possible snap last year. I mean, am I am I missing someone that was that didn't start every every game? Sorry, I, Kelsey was talking to me. No, you're fine. The, the O line started every game. Yeah. yeah. So, like, is that a realistic thing to expect two years in a row? 
And if, and if it's not, who who is who are your backups? Right. They're certainly untested. Right. So do you do you feel confident about any I some need to, I need I need to see and hear some confidence in their backup. Right. Especially. Yeah. Especially. I think they're okay inside. I think there's enough guys that they have to ship between Tengestall and, and Wilder. Like I, I think there's enough inside. Yeah. That like, you know, if there are depth issues, they can be adequate adequately addressed. Um outside, we don't know. We have oh, no clue. Wilder played some tackle. tackle, but at the same time, like the tackles weren't great and they never made a change. Well, they worked him in some, but that's what I mean. Like, and he never took, he never right. owned yeah. it. So, yeah, right. And so I do, but I, I only mentioned his name because I think if something happened inside, he would be a guy that's name would be in the mix. Oh, yeah, to move inside and solve plug a hole, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think that's important. And then, uh, tight end. Is Joe Royer Ryan's cousin? Um, he's not Ryan's cousin. Calm down, everybody. Uh, is Joe Royer ready to be a number one tight end? What What does Joey Belgian look like coming off of an ACL injury? Peyton Singletary is Is he ready to take a step? Like, you have three options, but do you really feel great about any of them? Devin Zaharski. Uh, I do. I, I have heard his name mentioned as a guy that uh, could be a little bit in the mix. But what you, you, but again, what are you truly gonna? Yeah, I'm, I right. make the Dakari Anderson comment just because I'm. I think he's really good, but I'm also you know being probably a little over over my skis on it. But wide receiver is when we see it in the NFL. It's not really any different in college. Like. You can come in as a wide receiver and and make an uh, some level of an impact as a as a young player. Yeah, tight end is is much more difficult unless you're like now, a true split out, practically a wide receiver, which he is not, which Kevin Grover is not. So it's like I would say the thing with both of them though, Dave, they look good. Like oh yeah, they they look the part. Way more than most freshman tight ends look coming in. Mm -hmm. For sure. Are they, are they going to be ready year one? I don't know. But long term, at least they are. Uh... Let's just get in 13 personnel and just bludgeon some people. <laughs> just three tight ends. Just run it d down your throat. Royer's a big dude. Uh, both the young tight ends are big dudes. Bring in an extra lineman. Like. Yeah, come get some. Except they want to run Sideways. this way and not <laughs> this way. Well, they want to run that that way and then that way. Right, this way and then this that way. Um. So yeah, I mean, offense. This really isn't too difficult offensively. Like we we know for the most part what they have. We'll see how good they can be and and how that works. Uh as we move through the offseason. 
they need to look at their pass protection. Yeah, well, that's why we said the number one thing they need to do to show us is can they pass protect? Because they you don't get a great look at in the spring. But if no. it's bad, you well, certainly get it. If it's bad, you're right. going to know. Right. If Brandon Sorsby or whoever is standing back there snaps the ball one two and just throws what'd it you say? Ground, what'd you say, Tommy? Huh? What? Huh? What'd you say, Tommy? Tommy. Did you just call him Brandon Sorsby? Brandon Sorsby? Is it Brandon? Brandon. Brandon yeah. Oh, well. Brand, Brand, Brandon K. Gonna be good for us on yeah. Saturday. That's why I called you Tommy. Oh. Because poor Brent, poor Brandon K. Just had his name changed. Um, yeah. <laughs> coach. <laughs> Surprised he knew um, the guy's names. He just, it's just, it, I'll tell you what, old eight there. Old, old number eight. Old Nine, number 14. Old 14. He can get out there, can he? What, did I just hear a nine? Did you just drop a niner? Niner? <laughs> you calling from a walkie talkie. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's the focus is going to be on the defense, but it's still the offense has to improve drastically if this team is going to have a chance. Like, they just weren't good enough no. last year on offense, really, at any point in time. Oh, they were, they were pretty good week one. I, yeah, that was exciting. They were really good in the first half of the pit game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Uh, that's about all I got. <laughs> that's about all they had too. Right. <laughs> so yeah, everybody's going to be focused on the defense, and I think the offense is going to kind of get glossed over. The defense because, because it's it's totally new. New. Right. Offense, because like we just talked about, like we kind of know what the offense is going to look like. So there's there's less overall unknown. Uh, yeah, I mean, seven, seven out of the 11 positions, starting positions are already well decided. And the other four are. We have an idea. We have a right. good idea. So, yeah. But there you go. That's uh, that's talking offense as we get ready to start spring practice. It's crazy how it just never – the cycle just never relents. It's always something. No. Did you uh, did you see that they, um, they might actually be changing the calendar? The – which one? The football calendar? Yeah, like signing day will move up two weeks. Yes. With a potential summer signing day, I want a summer sign. They need a summer signing day. But the moving the what now has become the big signing day, the third week of December to the signing day would be the week of the conference championship game. So you get that out of the way before the portal opens up. Okay. Either way you do, I mean, I've been one of kick it further back. And have something in the summer or right before the season starts, where if a kid does, if a kid wants to sign before or whatever, 
But where it is now, just you can't have those two things going on at the same time. And right. you can't and you can't move the portal because classes are involved. So moving it up two weeks at least then going, breaks up the t- breaks up the two versus having them going on continuously. So would there be three? The, I days? didn't I didn't read the article. It didn't say in like the headlines that good research. Dave. Nicole, I appreciate the I effort. Yeah, pay me to do <laughs> that research all day, and I will do that research all day. I don't need you to do it all day. I just need you to do it if you're going to bring it up on the podcast. The article came out in the middle of the workday. I just read the headline. <laughs> um, I also saw that they are now, the NCAA has now banned the decorating of the hotel room on official visits. So let's be clear. Which, which I, made a, I made a joke about them really figuring out the important stuff. But that this is, okay. This point is why I never, you and I are in agreement that the NCAA will never go away. The coaches, athletic departments, whoever. don't want to do this. They don't want to do it, so they make the NCAA do it, and then the NCAA looks like the bad guy for doing it. Right. Exactly right. Because they have to buy the hotel room the night before to make sure that it is empty so they can decorate it and get all the cookie cakes and the pictures and everything. And they don't want to do it. They also have to have somebody on staff, Dave, that just goes around on visit weekends, decorating hotel rooms with like, like the, like fucking Taylor Swift came to town. Yeah. Like a writer on your concert band. Like I want only blue M&Ms and medium chicken wings and 18 (laughs) hand white hand towels that have never been like, yeah. Um, But yeah, but I just thought I just made a joke that it was like, Oh, glad to see they're really tackling the important stuff, which is partly true. It's like, you guys are focused on this of all the things. It's not that they're focused on it. It's that the coaches all came to, the yeah. conclusion that we don't want to do this. We don't want to do photo shoots for kids here, that here. We, we have no, there, there's no chance this kid's ever coming to our school and we have to do a photo shoot with it. Here's my thing though, on all those, on the decorating of the rooms and the photo, no one's making you do it. Right. But you like, I, I, I don't want to hear, on, well, you everybody know, else no. is, everybody else is doing Well, then so. If you don't want to do it, don't. You're do gonna, it. you're gonna, you're gonna take the chance of of an. That's gonna be the reason that the kid doesn't come to your school because he there's didn't get seventeen, Dave. They do dumb shit day. all the time. Think about all the dumb shit you did at seventeen. I crossed UC off my list because I didn't get a cookie cake. <laughs> you would be petty enough to do that. I, I mean, asked. I asked for green M and M's. And those assholes gave me blue, and they're off. I'm out. I'm out. On their colors game. are their colors are blue, and their biggest rival is green. But damn it, I wanted green. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. Which I mean, all that stuff was silly anyway. But it is, but right. it is. People don't. I think, and I didn't really think about that either. Like the whole like the room needs to be empty the day before because what if i just what if i'm a what if i just feel like not checking out of my room (laughs) you know i'm supposed to be out at 11 a.m but i just don't feel like it 
and then right. housekeeping can't clean the room, and then the kid's room doesn't have a cookie cake in it, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> we just lost our star quarterback recruit. What's the um now you have to do it? You have to just give them all the stuff in the lobby. I, I don't know. I didn't I think I that's didn't. I think I actually read a couple articles on this today. You're yeah, muted. That that's that's what you have to do now. Yes, it's so dumb, but yes. Yeah, you have to give them their um they're gonna get those carts and they're just gonna fill the cart with shit and yeah. make the kid push it to his own room for his visit. I don't know. I'm sure some Tennessee, uh, some vol hostess will push it to his room for him and then hang maybe no hang comment. around for a minute or two. I'm not talking about that part of the process. <laughs> nope. No, sir. Uh-uh. Not on this podcast. You got anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right. Oh, the, the playoff is expanding. Yeah. Or potentially, potentially expanding. Even though it hasn't yet actually expanded, we might expand has, some more. It hasn't even happened. These motherfuckers are just going to, I mean, I'm just going to basically turn into an NFL fan because once the college basketball tournament expands, like they're literally going to screw up perfect. And, you know. I, I know this is going to be sacrilege. If the college basketball tournament expands, it's not going to bother me. It's going to be another day, an extra day of watching basketball, and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, probably. I'm absolutely going to watch it. If you weren't good enough to make the tournament now, like. I, They are changing it for very selfish reasons. I don't care. Right. If I get another two days of college basketball, I'm okay. Now, I might bitch during those two days. These games suck because the teams aren't any good. Uh, but I'm still going to watch it. So uh, I don't care. What's happening in college football is hilarious. Hilarious. They can't even get the one playoff off the ground. And they're already talking about how do we expand it. When, for how many years, were they trying not to even have a damn playoff? And now right. they can't, they haven't even had a playoff yet. And they're already talking about that it's, we need to make it bigger because we're not getting well, We need to make it bigger so that we can guarantee more of us get exactly. in and more of you are left that's out. The thing. They're going to expand the into the basketball tournament because they know that they can't just kick out the, the AQs because then they would be no. in court. So now they'll just expand it to make sure that all of their teams get in and their coaches can say they made the tournament and don't fire me even though I went like no, 17 here's the best and 15. And... Here's the best part. You know why they're doing that? Because they're tired, tired of having to pay $15 million buyouts for coaches that didn't make the tournament and they had to fire. <laughs> Who's going to be the hot coach now that you made the tournament and you went to the Sweet 16 even though your team actually stunk. And then you yeah. won like three games. And then you get hired in a major job. And two years later, everybody's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's legitimately one of the conversations going around in college basketball circles. Is like one of the largest reasons that they want expansion. Why they're insistent the SEC and the Big Ten 
are insistent on expanding the college basketball tournament is because they keep having to fire coaches that they have guaranteed 10, 15, 20 million dollars and they didn't make the tournament. So now they got to fire them. So now they just want to expand the tournament. So those guys get in the tournament. But guess what? If you make the NCAA tournament and you're 18 and 14, your fan base is still going to want to fire your ass. <laughs> yep. Especially when yep. you lose in the first round as a 19 seed. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that is exactly correct, sir. But, you know, one of the things I try to always do here, and I know you love doing it too, we're going to tell you the truth when we talk about stuff like this. Like, there's, there, it's happening for reasons. The reasons it's happening in football is because the SEC and the Big Ten want to make sure they have four teams each in that tournament every year. And, 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 right now they're talking about 14. I think ultimately they, they end at 16 to make the numbers a little more uh, palpable for everybody, not the SEC and the Big Ten. But what the SEC and the Big Ten believe is 14-team tournament, we each get four. Yeah. We each get four. So eight of the 14. And then you have some combination of auto bids for the ACC, the Big 12, and the G5. So eight, nine, 10, 11. Notre Dame. Uh, no, Notre Dame, I think, is probably going to have to figure out a way to be in one of those three, uh, you know, auto, like, uh, at bar. No, they, they sacrificed getting the home game to basically any time. In the 12-team the... format. Come on, why would it change it with more spots? Because, we're Dave, there's not more spots. That's oh, where they're right. There's more, there's less at larges. There's not right. right. There's more teams, but there's not more slots because the SEC and the Big Ten are taking all them motherfuckers. Just just a reminder that Division Three has had a 16 team tournament for God knows how long, and everything seems to have worked fine for them. Uh, but yet Division One can't figure it out and can't, no, doesn't. Doesn't FCS have a 16-team? Oh, yeah. Everybody does. So that's the shell game that's going on. So there's there's going to be essentially three at-large spots if they go to 14. That's why I think ultimately they're going to settle on 16 because then you get five at-large spots. You can give one to Notre Dame if they're in the top 16. You can guarantee them right. that they'll qualify. Then there'll be four. But guess what? The Big Ten and the SEC believe fully that even with four automatic qualifiers, they're going to get a chunk of those four or five spots. And they're going to make sure that it's likely that they do if it's possible. Oh, yeah. Is what it is. Just, you know, pay attention so that you know what's actually happening. Is oh, yeah. all I would warn you. It, but again, make it 32 teams in football. I don't care. I'll watch the games. I don't care. Like it doesn't, there are so many college basketball teams, Dave, 
that like uh, there's going to be a hundred in the NCAA tournament. Okay, I don't care. I'll watch. Yeah. It doesn't outrage me, and I no. get your point. Like it's perfect. Out, uh, like I could do away with the 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 four. Even with the, the first eight. four, it doesn't really like it. Doesn't you it doesn't still have me? I watch still have the one. right. You still have the great the weekends. Like as long as it doesn't screw up. Like I can understand if you wanted to have a first four that fed each of the four regions. Right. But like if you start going to where you now need a whole nother weekend, like I'm 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 not gonna be as interested. I still don't I'm, care. I'm just gonna be like I, I just watch these teams, these bad teams beat the crap out of each other on a Wednesday, Wednesday night in February. Like they they don't need to be in a tournament to try to win the national championship. Right. I get it. I get it. I mean, just imagine when we get our first 22 seed in the final four. Well, I mean, Purdue's got to lose to somebody. I think that's a good stopping point. I think we're good. Uh, we will see you next Wednesday. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll try to decipher through some defense as we get ready for spring practice next week. Um, and we will talk uh, TCU and Houston. Oof. I don't feel great. That's the BCJ podcast. We will see you Saturday to see the Bearcats and the Horned Frogs. Uh, get at it. Get after it. Whatever. In Dallas. 3 o'clock at the Holy Grail. I'll be there. Keegan will be there. Uh, you never know. Dave might even show up. We'll see you next time. That's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.